Well, hello there. My name is Jan Burt, and this is my podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, where we talk about God's promises and the hope those promises bring to our everyday lives. Whenever I meet somebody new, I introduce myself as Jan Burt and say, like Burt and Ernie, since it's easy to confuse my last name with a different one. And almost always, people smile when they think of Burt and Ernie. That got me thinking. I'm a Burt, and I'm not an Ernie. But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Hence the name, The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Welcome to the Burt Not Ernie Show. I am so glad you've joined me for another episode. Today we are going to look at a promise that is found in the very first book of the Bible back in Genesis. And I love this promise for a lot of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons has to be that you can take this verse and apply this promise to every relationship, every situation, uh, pretty much any and every moment in time that you might bump up against, whether it's for yourself, your kids, your friends, you can take this verse and pray it for um, a homeless guy that you see on the corner, and you can believe in total faith, like Hebrews 11 type faith, that God is going to move and act in response to your belief in this verse. And we want to have belief. How many times did Jesus talk about your belief and your faith, which really boils down to your total trust in him? That was a key factor in whether or not you received from him what you asked of him. So let's go into this from the get-go with our minds made up and our faces set like flint that we're going to have faith. But whatever verse I say in just a moment, you are going to decide right now that you have the faith to fully believe it for your life, period, the end. Okay, you ready? I'm going to tell you what it is. It is Genesis 18, verse 14, just the first part of that verse. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Okay, yeah, you're thinking, well, okay, kind of a rhetorical question there, Jan. Hello. Yeah, it sure is. Now I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified, which if if you've listened to me very long or seen me talk on Facebook Lives or heard me speak at a conference session, you know that I'm a word person and you know that if I can dig down deep into the original Greek or Hebrew, Hebrew in this case, and figure out the full depth of the meaning of a word or of a verse or a passage, I'm all about that. Like, give me, give me more to pray about. Give me more promises from God to grab a hold of. I'm all about that. So in the Amplified, it says, is anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? Hello, too wonderful. That puts a whole new spin on this verse. So before I kind of, um, I was going to say before I unpack this, and then I just, in that split second, I realized I don't like that phrase, unpack this. I don't know if it just got overused or or what. Maybe it's a, um, it's a so 2017 term. I don't know that I didn't like it. So I'm not going to say that. But what I, what I want to do is I want to share a little brief story from my personal life recently that kind of, I feel like really, it, it kind of contrasts the difference between too difficult and too wonderful in this verse from the Amplified. So I recently flew back to Kansas, Wichita, Kansas, where I live. Yes, the ICT. I love it here. Shout out to everybody who's from the ICT. Don't we just live in the greatest place? And I mean, it's 
fantastic here. It is. And no, we don't live on a farm, just in case you're listening from somewhere else. That is the most common question. When my kids were growing up, people would say, do you even have cell phones there? Like, you scratch your head and think, we're the air capital of the world. If you flew in an airplane, we built it. Yeah, we have cell phones. So anyway, no, I don't live on a farm. But flying back to the ICT to Wichita from um, from somewhere um, down in the southwest, really warm. It was early morning flight, and so, of course, it's dark when I get on the plane. The, the ticket counter was actually outside. My gate was outside. The guys who were loading the baggage, they were in shorts and dancing around, and it was just it was going to be another glorious early winter day in Arizona, right? And I knew what I was going back to. I knew I was, I checked the weather. I knew what I was flying back to. There were people who got on that plane with heavy coats on because they knew what they were stepping off the plane into. It was going to be with the wind chill. It was like, it felt like 20 below or something when we were going to land. And so I was prepared for that. There was going to be quite a contrast between the wonderful, wonderful warm weather and just the kind of yuck that I was going back to with the blowing, you know, the little pellets of ice when they blow in this amazing Kansas wind, which by the way, Man, a uh, 50-mile-an-hour wind is nothing to shake a stick at, but it's crazy common if you live in Kansas. So I was coming back to ice pellets hitting me in the face with that kind of wind. Yuck, right? Okay. So um, they had to fix something on the plane, so they had to have the door open, and they really crank the AC when they do a repair on the plane. I don't know if you've noticed that, but when they have to pull back up to the gate and do a repair, they crank the AC. So it was chilly. And I was ready to not be so chilly. Finally, we take off and we're just uh, we're just up cruising at whatever, 37,000 feet. It's absolutely beautiful. The sun reflecting off the clouds, especially the closer we got to Kansas. And they're having a storm here. So the cloud coverage up above, it was just, you know what I'm talking about when it's just so glorious up there and the sun is bouncing off the clouds and they're, they're beautiful. They're fluffy and they're billowy and they're, they just stun you with how white they are. And the warmth beating on the side of the fuselage, it was just, it's kind of like when your dog finds that perfect sunspot and they just lay in it and they just bask. It might be a little chilly outside, but it's just right with that sun coming through the glass and warming them up. It was like that. It was so wonderful in my window seat. I just loved it. Um, I felt like it was the perfect temperature on that plane. Hello. When does that ever happen? Like never. I have never felt like it was a nice temperature on a plane. It is always too cold. And I have heart issues, and so I'm cold all the time anyway. But when I can look down at my right hand and say, look, my fingernails are not purple while I'm on a flight, that's a good day for me. That's a big deal. It was wonderful. I was able to get a lot of work done for a conference session I had coming up. It just was amazing, even though I'd gotten like a couple hours sleep the night before and it had just been a really rough week. It was it was wonderful. Well, I knew what I was coming home to, right? So the plane starts to make its descent. And as soon as we dip down into the clouds, of course, all the beautiful white is gone. And now it's just this kind of ooh color, that uh, dirty gray color that clouds can look like when you're descending through them in a bad storm, right? Just kind of yuck. But the temperature in the plane, in the fuselage, it dropped so quickly. I don't want to say how much because I don't know exactly how much, but it felt like it felt like 20 degrees. So maybe it dropped 10 degrees. I mean, it got cold. The whole outside of the plane, the window went from 
I put my hand on it and it was so warm to put my hand on it and it was so cold. It just was crazy cold. And then of course we landed and you know, the little door that they have where they can, if they take your bags, right? When you don't check your bag and you have your carry on and then they say, oh, we'll go ahead and take that, put the tag on it and we'll take it right here, right before you board the plane, that door where they hand it back to you, where you stand there and wait, it blew open in the wind just as I was getting off the plane, I thought, yep, that's a massive difference from where I just came from. But okay, so here's how this relates to this verse. Because I really, it's not a rabbit trail, I promise. It's, it makes a good point, at least for me. I hope it does for you. So here's how it relates. When we look at the situation as the, is anything too difficult for the Lord? In my mind, that relates very well to looking at the clouds from the underside or from the middle of the descent when they're just dingy and gray and it's not good. It doesn't look good. It looks difficult. And that's a place where you can remind yourself, this is not too difficult. This looks difficult, but it's not. It ain't too difficult. Dingy as it is, there's uh, God's whiteness and brightness can just shine through and burst through at any moment. God can show up. This is not too difficult for the Lord. But I can also turn it on its head and think of those amazing, those clouds, just from a different perspective, were so stunningly white and beautiful. And it was so warm and peaceful and restful, which are not normal things to say on a plane ride because your seats are too small and this airline, you know, doesn't even offer you a cup of water. It's just, yeah, it was normally that's not what you would think, but it was like the perfect setting. It was wonderful. That's like looking at it from the, is anything too wonderful for the Lord? I just love that. Is anything too wonderful for the Lord? Let's just, instead of just coming at it from this kind of dingy, ugh, this is just kind of a yuck situation, that kind of attitude, I just want to turn it on its head and say, oh, but man, how wonderful could it be? Think of the most wonderful thing I can think of as it relates to this situation being fixed, redeemed, restored, turned on its head, and then multiply it by like a million because nothing is too wonderful for the Lord. So that's my comparison to my flight story. Um, so what difficulties are you facing right now in your life? Okay, I'm going to give some examples. Maybe you have a strong-willed child. Oh, gee whiz, I sure hope I am not the only person who has raised a strong-willed child. I hope not. I'm sure. I mean, I was one. So I guess you could say uh, I bought and paid for it. But uh, raising a strong-willed child... You can sometimes feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to do a very good job of this over the long haul. This is a tall order. This is hard. What about financial strain? It is the middle of December as I record this. So, yeah, Christmas. Uh, Financial strain is a real thing. It's a real thing for so many people. And it can become the biggest thing in your world at this time of year. But it's not too difficult for the Lord. And just focusing on what on on the on what Christmas really means for us as believers, uh, yeah, perfect example that nothing is too wonderful for the Lord to accomplish. If you have maybe uncertain work circumstances, it's almost a new year. Some places are going to be making changes in the year 2020. Maybe you know those changes are coming. Maybe you know this is a year your husband retires and you're not sure how all this is going to play out, and you don't want to have to pick up. A second job in the evening to try to cover whatever lack there might be. But is anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord? Do you have aging parents, aging elderly parents who maybe have their own set of health struggles and needs? 
I have a lot of friends who are in that exact same boat right now. And um, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. Sometimes we have to turn it on its head and say, show me your wonder in this situation, Lord. I need to see it today. It's okay to pray that. It really is. What about maybe you need to take a course or a class for work? Maybe there's just some step you need to take that involves some type of mental exertion or strain or learning, and you're not sure that you, A, can do it, or B, want to do it. Sometimes we get to middle age and we understand what taking a college class is like, what it really requires. We don't want to do that. But what if God's calling you to do that? Can you remind yourself nothing is too difficult and nothing is too wonderful for the Lord? So remember also that this verse right here in Genesis 18, I really want you to know that it speaks to every situation, every particular set of circumstances in your life. But sometimes we know that and we we think of it as like, okay, yeah, I know that. But over the overarching story of our life, which is great, which is great. But that's not quite the level of faith I want to challenge you to today. I want you to take it from, yeah, I know that's true. That's true for me. That's true for everybody who loves the Lord. Yeah, yeah, I know that's going to be true for my kids or um, my best friend or whatever, Don't look at it as this really, don't paint with a broad brush here. Let's get down into the minutia, right? Let's just get down in the weeds on this one. Take it, dial it back and say today. Okay, this is where the big faith comes into play. You ready? I told you this is going to be, you had to come into this with your mind made up that you're going to believe. Today, is anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord today? What if we dial it back more? Is there anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord This hour from 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Is there anything too difficult or too wonderful for the Lord right now in the next 10 minutes? Can you take it from that big thing that can seem like you have faith and you believe, but you don't have to actually exercise any faith or belief or trust? You don't have to love the Lord through this particular thing right now because. That's kind of far off. You believe it, but you believe it far off, right? You don't have to really act and live in faith right now because you haven't applied it to right now. I'm challenging you to apply it to the right now, to the right now. Can you face this day's, this hour's, the next 10 minutes challenges with that calm assurance that there's no part of any of this that's too hard for the Lord to handle? that's too broken for the Lord to show up and be so wonderful in? Or here's here's what we have as our alternate choice, which is not really a good choice. Do you let your anxiety, maybe you grumble and complain? Do you let fear or misery govern your thoughts and control your attitude? Okay, so I want to talk about misery. Some people are not happy unless they're miserable. Ever met anybody like that? Some people are not happy unless they're at their appropriate level of misery. There's always got to be some drama or hardship in their life because they ain't happy if that ain't where they live in. What about this? Some people, some people are just not okay unless they're not okay. Some people are never going to be okay unless they're not okay. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. God's word is never, ever silent. It's not silent ever. It is always speaking to us. If you are listening today, 
God's word is speaking to you. It is living and it is active. This isn't some, you know, crazy mystic stuff I'm talking about here. This is per the word of God. As believers, we need to understand God's word is not ever silent. It's always speaking to us. It always is. So what is Genesis uh, 18 verse 14 speaking to you today? What is it saying to you today? Is there any part of this that's resonating with you that maybe is touching a nerve and you're like, oh, ugh, okay, I want you to try this today. And it's fine if you can only do this for today, but I sure hope that you'll, that you'll just, first of all, dial it back and apply it to right now, like the next 10 minutes, whenever you get done listening to this podcast, whatever you got to do next, I want you to apply it to that. Um, can you just try this? Believe this verse. That's all I'm asking you to try. Just believe this verse. Know that there's nothing you're going to bump into in the next 10 minutes that's too hard for your God and nothing that he, that he cannot make too wonderful. And then apply it to the next 10 minutes after that. Keep this as small and applicable as you possibly can and keep having faith one step at a time. That will grow your faith exponentially way more quickly than if you only apply this by painting with a broad brush and you're talking about the whole of the next 50 years of your life. Let's just pull it back in and say, nope, I'm going to live in active, believing, trusting faith today that this verse is true for me right now, right now. Um, Okay, I have just a couple more points. And this next one, I really hope that this doesn't step on any toes. If it does, please know that there's nothing I say to you that has not been worked out in my life already. I've lived it. Um, I have at times gotten a spanking from the Lord because I flat needed it. I flat needed it. Just got one last night, as a matter of fact, where I had to... um, eat a couple of giant sized spoonfuls of humble pie and I deserved it. I I had it coming and I did it in front of one of our kids and it was toward my husband to uh, make something right that it was just I'd had a bad attitude. Maybe you'd look at it and say that's not anything like the attitude you would have had 10 years ago, Jan. No, but it still was not the right attitude. So shame on me. God dealt with me on it. Uh, Eat humble pie when you need to. But as I've said before, if you learn something the hard way and you and you change from it, that's growth. But if you learn from my hard, my hardship and you change without having to experience it yourself, that's wisdom. Be wise and listen to what I'm about to say to you. First, I'm going to say this. God does not need your intervention. Okay? Now I'm going to tell you what that applies to, and then I'll say it again at the end. There are times, if you're a mom, if you're a mom, I'm not going to speak for anybody else. I'm a mom of five kids. So if you are a mom... There are times when you will actually be interfering with what God wants to do. Maybe his plans for um, your children. This can apply across the board to your in-laws, to your neighbors, your co-workers, your best friends, your husband, uh, whatever. But let's just apply it to our children because I'm speaking from a place where I have a lot of firsthand experience. We can interfere with what God wants to do in their lives. And we don't call it interference right? We call it intervention. I'm just intervening. I'm just intervening. We won't go so far as to say I'm helping out the Lord because we know that's just ridiculous. But we will say, I'm just, I'm just intervening. I'm just intervening at this. I, there need to have an intervention here. Guess what? God does not ever need your intervention. He does not need my intervention. That's crazy talk. We have to stop calling it that and say what it is. Say, I am interfering. The Lord didn't ask me, to run interference here, but I'm doing it anyway. We need to stop it. 
We need to trust him enough to really fully let him do what he wants to do in our children's lives. That doesn't mean we never move. That never, doesn't mean we never have a conversation with our kids. That doesn't mean we don't have to do hard things at times. It just means we do it when he tells us to and when we know that we know that we know that this is us being kind of controlling as moms, we, we get honest about it, we get real about it, and we stop doing it out of obedience. And obedience comes, it's, obedient. okay, doesn't always come from trust in the Lord, but obedience surely should always stem from our trust in the Lord. I trust you, so I'm going to obey you on this. You've got this. You've got this. Even though that's my kid. Even though I feel like it's a little part of my heart walking around outside my body, eh, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to decide to trust you, and then I'm going to keep trusting you, and I'm not going to interfere, and I'm not going to call it intervention and try to pretty it up when it's just getting in the way of what God wants to do. Okay, so that's a lot of stern talking, and I hope it's not too much, but like I said earlier, I've learned this all the hard way. It really is. I just want you to be wise from my lack of wisdom, if that makes any sort of sense at all. So tonight, when you lie down to go to sleep, I want you to be willing to kind of run through a list of things. When you talk to the Lord as you're drifting off to sleep, thank him. Thank him for the places where he showed up and proved that nothing is too difficult and nothing is too wonderful for him. Then thank him for the places where you don't see that he showed up. You can't see it, but you still trust him. You still believe it. This verse is true for you right now in those exact situations, even if you don't see it. And number three, uh, I want you to thank him and trust him with whatever comes tomorrow morning when you wake up. Whatever that looks like tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up and you're going to already have your mind made up that you know that you know that you know. And nobody can take that knowing from you because it's your own personal knowing, hard-earned and hard-fought for faith. You know that there's not going to be anything too difficult or anything too wonderful that's going to come at you in every minute of every hour of your entire day tomorrow. And then just keep doing that day after day after day. Okay. So that's it. I hope that wasn't too long or too, um, like preachy pants type stuff. I've heard, I have a, a mentor who often says I'm putting on my preachy pants. So I'm, I hope that didn't sound too too preachy. If it did, please forgive me. Give me grace. So, all right, Lord bless you this December. If you happen to listen to this in December, Merry Christmas. And I mean that in the most sincere way that I possibly can say it. We got the best gift in Jesus. Everything else is just gravy. Everything else is just the extra on top. So take time to be okay. Just enjoying the gift that you were given don't feel like you got to add any other expectations. There's no, there's, this is one place where you can come and take a break and realize that I don't want to see your Pinterest perfect life because I want to see your real life. And I want to see you live your very best real life. Pinterest worthy stuff. We have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Instagram worthy photos. Man, can we just, can we just go into 2020 being women who are just not going to play that game anymore? I know the Lord, before I started this podcast, Um, about the time he first began to lay it on my heart. And I won't tell you when that was because I put it off for way too long. But one of the first things he said to me is he said, do not be fake, be very, very real. And I never forgot it. I wrote it down and I think about it every time I sit down to podcast. And that is the overarching um, theme. I don't overanalyze all the things because 
I want to, I just want to be real. I want to be real. And if it was important enough for the Lord to speak it to me, man, there's got to be a reason for that. And so why would I not obey him? So in 2020, can we just roll into a new year, a new decade, a new wonderful hunk of time that is a gift from the Lord? Can we roll into it with an attitude of, I'm not going to try to be Instagram perfect or Pinterest worthy. I'm just going to live. I'm just going to live. I'm going to be real. I'm going to keep it real. Okay. Um, not much else today. There'll be these verses in the show notes and probably some things, um, links to where you can find me on other social platforms. So maybe I could get to know you better. That would be great. Oh, actually, I do have one last thing. Um, I'm new to the podcasting world and I'm learning that reviews are really important in this first several weeks of podcasting. So if you would leave me a review, like not just a thumbs up or a like, but like a written review, it doesn't have to be long, but a review and it can be honest. Please don't lie. Just be honest. That would be awesome. It helps so much in the rankings, which helps to get more listeners. And that's not me being vain. If I could just be really real, um, I do this because the Lord told me to. And so I would like as many women or men, people as possible to, if I could just get one more promise of God into one more woman of God, if I can encourage somebody to just have more faith today than they did yesterday, that'd be awesome. So if you share this, that helps. If you leave a review, that moves it around in the rankings per what iTunes kind of does. Um, But I'm going to start a drawing. Every time we get to 10 new reviews, I'm going to have a drawing. Sometimes it'll be for gift cards. Sometimes it'll be for PayPal cash. And you can also um, find me on one of my social media outlets in the show notes and let me know what kind of a gift card or giveaway you would like to see if it's a Starbucks or whatever it might be, just let me know. But if you leave a review, I'm going to take note of it and you are eligible over and over again. Like if you don't win, then I'm going to keep adding you to other giveaway drawings later. So if you're interested in that, that's, um, and I hope that doesn't sound like a bribe. I just thought, you know what? It's so easy to not leave a positive review when something blesses you. Most of the time, if you look at Amazon, we leave those not nice reviews that, man, that's fast. We're going to do that right away and we're annoyed and we're upset, but the good reviews just don't come very often. And I think that's because we just take it for granted and we move on and we're happy with the result or we're blessed by it. And it was, we have a positive feeling toward that product or whatever, and we move on. We don't think about it. I'm asking you to, I'm giving a little extra incentive. So it can just an honest review. doesn't need to be a good review, but we're going to do rewards and giveaways for the review because I appreciate them. And I appreciate you taking your time to listen. It's your time is valuable, which is why I'm going to stop yakking in your ear right now. Merry Christmas. I will see you next time. All right. Bye-bye. I'm so glad you joined me for this episode of the Burt Not Ernie Show. It's an honor and a blessing to talk about God's promises with you. Have a fabulous day. And remember, part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not. Lord bless. I'll see you next time.